0: The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be back and recording again after, I mean, It was only a week off, but I just feel like it's been forever since I sat down, I lit my candles, and I just chatted all of your ears off in my podcast. So again, super excited for today's episode. I decided I made the executive decision to not record an episode last week. I was super sick, and you could 100% hear it. In everything that I said, I just sounded super nasally and congested, and ugh, everything that comes with being sick. I just, there was no part of me that was like, yeah, this is a great idea to put my squeaky, sick voice in a microphone and then have this playing through people's headphones. All week long. Absolutely not. So I decided to skip out on last week's episode, which leads us to today. And we've got a little bit of a more lighthearted, kind of fun episode on the menu for today. We're going to be doing a Q&A. And all of these questions were submitted through uh, numerous different question boxes on my Instagram. So if you don't follow me on Instagram shameless plug, at Deanna Magro, just my first and last name, give me a follow. And then you can also have a chance to kind of upload and send in a few of your questions as well, because these Q&As will definitely be resurfacing. This will be making a comeback. We'll do some, I'm thinking every few weeks or so, just based on questions, based on response. If there's topics you guys want me to go a little bit deeper into as well, more than happy to do so. So again, Q&A for today, I have a long list of Ooh, close to 40 questions, so I don't know if I'm going to have a chance to get through each of these again Probably just depending on time wise some of them are super short some of them uh, require a little bit more of a response So for today's q and I left it totally open and I did that for a reason I don't want this show to be like I have my ideas, of course, yes, but I want to be as interactive as possible. So I didn't have any topic to the questions. I didn't put any, you know, specifics that I wanted in there, just anything you wanted to ask. So some of these questions, again, super simple. Some of them are health and fitness related, personal. It really could be anything. So I have a strong feeling that the more and more Q&As that I host, the more in-depth and personal detail oriented these questions will be, which honestly I'm a-okay with. And for some weird, odd reason, I feel somewhat comfortable sharing with you guys, and I think it's probably because when I'm talking and sharing right now, I'm, you know, sitting in the comfort of my room with just me and my microphone. So uh, again, super excited to dive a little bit deeper as we continue these Q&As, but let's get rolling. Okay, question number one, starting it off super simple. How old are you? I am 23 years old. Um, My birthday is July 28th, just... For reference, and I'm actually a triplet, which again has nothing to do with how old I am, but I feel like that always comes up whenever I talk about my age and my birthday because I share my birthday with two other individuals, my brother and sister. So I'm 23, and fun fact, I'm also a triplet. Question number two What was your dream job as a kid? Ooh, I think, I mean, I think for anyone, this you know, bounces back and forth between like, I want to be a princess when you're like super young to like actually thinking about what you wanted to do as you got, you know, a little bit older. Um, But as far as I can remember, my dream job was always to be a doctor. And it's funny because I started out, you know, post-college and even in college, that was my direction. I was pre-med planning on going to medical school and yes, becoming a doctor, which I think really has nothing to do with me saying that as a kid. It's not like I grew up and, you know, my lifelong dream was to be a surgeon or anything like that. I think I definitely remember writing it down in, you know, kindergarten and through middle school and just like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor. Like, So I think that was probably initially my dream job. And then it just became more of a passion in regards to the medical field and medicine in general and helping people. I can go on and on forever. So that was my dream job. But if we're going back to like the fun stuff, I do also have a like scrapbook from I think it was preschool that my mom held on to forever because that's what she does, um, where I wrote down that I wanted to be a princess. So a little bit of both. I can be like a princess doctor. We'll just we'll do the best of both worlds. Uh, question number three, what do you look for in a guy? Okay. A little bit deeper there. So I think, um, and this, this depends, right? I'm assuming this question means like relationship based. Um, but I look for uh, I look for a bunch of different things. I look for someone who is super strong, and I'm not talking physically. I'm talking mentally. Um, I definitely consider myself a very strong-minded, intelligent, you know, powerful woman, and I look for in a guy someone who can match that same level of energy, right? That same level of confidence and self-esteem, and just Truthfully, I look for someone who can push me, and I know that sounds kind of weird, especially in like a relationship, but for the most part, I am a very independent person, right? I can do a lot of things by myself, and I'm not saying that to toot my own horn, but I, you know, can if I don't know something, I can figure it out. And I really look for in, in a guy, in a partner, in a relationship, someone who is going to push me past what I'm comfortable doing or push me past what they know I'm capable of. And really just, again, get me to come out of my comfort zone and do things, learn things, try things, because otherwise I will you know, yes, learn them myself a little bit, but I will stay in my little introverted shell of not really branching out and just getting into my work zone. So in regards to a relationship, I definitely look for someone who can, you know, tell me, put your computer away, put your phone down, right? Like we are doing, you know, X, Y, and Z, or, Hey, I made plans for us tonight. We're going here kind of deal. Just pulling me piece by piece out of my shell, out of my workflow. Um, I've talked about this before as a, as an Enneagram three, I am very work oriented, very success oriented, goal oriented, and to-do list oriented, which is fantastic, but you can't live your life based on a to-do list. So I definitely look for someone who, you know, will will pull me out of my to-do list, get me out of my head and just having some fun. Um, From a more physical standpoint, definitely look for my type. If I could, I don't really have a type and I know everybody always says that, um, but if I were to put a type to my non-type, it would be like typical gym meathead, big muscles, like that's just, that's what I've always gone for. I think just being involved in health and fitness, that's usually what a lot of women go for because you're in that realm. Obviously I want a guy who's, you know, lifting more than me in the gym and, and pushing me in in that realm as well. Um, also just funny, right? Kind-hearted, caring. I want someone who is family-oriented. I look for, I'm, I know I'm giving you guys like a grocery list. These are just the things off the top of my head, but someone who's definitely family-oriented, you know, can make me laugh, light-hearted, uh, but also has that same, you know, career-oriented, goal-oriented push behind their own career and future and, and self as well. So kind of just being able to take on life head-on, the two of us, but also be able to have some fun as well because you need that balance. All right. Question number four. What is in your gym bag? Ooh, okay. I don't, this is going to be a boring one. I don't really keep anything too interesting in my gym bag. Reason being is I don't like to carry a lot of shit around. I really don't. Like if I could just show up to the gym with myself I would love that. Um, I always do have a bag with stuff in it. But if I can keep that to a minimum, I try to. Most of the time, it's just my headphones. I keep my Beats Studios, like my overhead Beats headphones in there, and my little Beats um, Beats Buds, they're called, like little AirPod-looking things, uh, just depending on what my workout is. Also, ladies, like if you just washed your hair and you're sweaty like me, like you're not putting on over-ear over, over ear headphones, right? Your hair is clean. You don't want to do that. So I'll use like my little AirPod looking ones on those days. So I'll keep both of those headphones in there for sure. Um, obviously my water bottle, I use a water bottle from First Form. That's always in the little side pouch of my backpack. My gym bag actually is a First Form backpack. So very on brand for me there as well. Um, I'll usually have, if it's leg day, I'll have a hip thrust like barbell pad in there. Um, my gym never has one, or I guess they do. But it's really really thin and it absolutely kills my hip bones like I wind up with bruises every time So I have learned to just bring my own for leg day, which is totally fine with me um, I'll usually have like staples deodorant hand sanitizer is always in there chapstick is always in there guys I do not go anywhere ever without at least two chapsticks I have to like it's I have a very small aka very large addiction to chapstick and the only chapstick that I use is the chapstick brand in the I guess flavor cake batter oh my gosh If you don't know now you know I'm absolutely obsessed go get yourself some I get like the 20 pack on Amazon so that's always in my gym bag um if I again leg days I will have the straps that you put around your ankles the ankle straps that hook onto the cables for glute kickbacks those are in there Um, what else what else what else my white monster because that's my pre-workout It's not usually in my gym bag, but i'm carrying it when i'm in the gym And that's I mean, that's pretty much my staples every now and then i'll have like a protein bar in there But like equipment wise or things of that nature Uh keeping it pretty simple because like I said, I do not like to carry a lot of shit around and if I can keep it to a minimum I will Question number five. What's your least favorite exercise or lift? um I sound like such like a juice head. To be honest, I love them all. Like there really isn't one that I don't like um, exercise wise. I guess my, my least favorite lift, maybe bench press. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't love it. I never, it's not one of those movements that I just feel like super strong in either. So like I'm not using a lot of weight and there's a chance my arms are probably shaking and I just look like a little bitch in the corner, like not really able to put up much at all. And obviously, yes, I can work on that and build it. I just really have no interest in doing so. And I'd rather work my chest muscles in other ways. I don't know. I guess that would be my least favorite. I just, I rarely ever program it for myself. It doesn't excite me at all. Like you're literally laying down. I don't know. Not my favorite for sure. <laughs> Question number six, what is your yearly breakdown of cutting slash bulking? So I can say confidently, I have only really gone through cut bulk cycles for maybe the last year or two for the whole start of my health and fitness journey especially as an athlete you don't really do that. You're kind of just in good condition all year round and you pretty much maintain your weight, your physique, your workouts, everything for the entirety of the year, right? Nothing really changes except for maybe a little bit of how much you're working out, just depending on if you're in season or not. Um, But since I have like taken my own health and fitness journey into my own hands and, you know, done that, cutting bulking wise, usually just again for the last two years or so, I would consider myself in like a cut slash like lean phase, probably from around May. Yeah, probably from around like May through September-ish. That's usually like the warmer, getting warmer months in Connecticut. And obviously for the summer, like you want to be lean. You're not wearing a ton of clothes. You're out in bathing suits on the beach. Like that's where I thrive in the summer. And obviously you want to look good with that. So I don't necessarily do anything drastic when I'm cutting. I typically just either lower calories a little bit so that I'm in more of a calorie deficit. Or I will increase just my overall movement with added cardio or just getting in extra steps and movement, especially with the summer. I feel like I'm always outside. And then bulking wise, I will typically reverse diet out of that cut. So again, just depending on how I'm feeling September, October, what my life's looking like. If I you know, have a wedding to go to in October, I'll continue in that kind of maintaining my cut Phase, maintaining my leanness. And then from that point, when I'm feeling ready, my body's like, yo, girl, let's do it. I'm getting hungry. I will reverse diet and be building up my calories each week into a bulking phase. So that typically lasts from, like I said, September, October mark until usually around February, March ish. It it really depends on myself. And what I've done or how I, I guess, approach these cutting and bulking phases is it's nothing drastic, right? I don't look like a totally different person in the summer compared to what I look like in the winter and I don't put on, you know, 10 pounds in the winter and then cut 10 pounds. Like it's very, very small, drastic changes to my actual physical being because the changes that I make to my programming, my nutrition, my, it is all on the guise of sustainability. So for my cut, I don't cut things so low, decrease all my calories, do all the, like all this nonsense to maintain for like a month and be starving the whole time, right? I do it in a way that I could maintain my, you know, summer physique probably all year round without too much extra effort, right? It, that's kind of the purpose. So the, the reason I don't do that is because I always look to kind of take a breather, let my metabolism come up, eat more calories and build more muscle in the winter So that next time I do go through a bit of a cut, it's, I look even better. I look even stronger. I have more muscle mass on me. So that's kind of the purpose behind that. But it's very slow and steady and it's really nothing exciting. Like I said, you wouldn't really know. I'm like, oh, she's bulking right now. Like some people are able to put on a giant amount of muscle. That's never really been my goal per se. It's more so coming from a health and hormonal perspective to not be in a calorie deficit all year round. But that's typically what it looks like. Warmer summer months cutting. Colder months, bulking or maintaining, kind of where I'm at. Question number seven: How often do you switch up your workouts? So this is kind of depends. I typically I follow the same workout split for probably close to eight weeks or more, uh, which means the days that I'm doing certain body parts remain the same. So. With that being said, the split stays the same, but the actual workouts will change probably every two to three weeks, three to four weeks, again, depending on how I'm feeling. If I have a workout program, my back and buys workout on my Fridays is like killing the game. Every time I'm in there on a Friday, I'm progressively overloading. My weights are coming up. I'm feeling a little bit sore. I'm getting stronger each week. There's no need to change that workout. So if I'm doing that for four, four weeks or more and I'm like, wow, this is doing what it needs to essentially, then I will leave it. I'll, I'll keep it exactly where it is. If I get through a workout where it's like, and I do all my own programming, which is why I'm able to kind of change things up as much or as little as I want to. If something's not working, I'm not feeling it. It's just, I can't really, it's not a great workout. I'll change it. Right. There's no need to do that over and over again if I have the availability and the you know knowledge to change it. So for the most part, I would say my compound movements for each of those days stays the same for four to six weeks. And the accessory movements will change up a little bit. The sets and rep ranges will change up a little bit. So I know that's a kind of a complicated answer, but. In theory, change your workouts less often than you think you should, because otherwise you're just changing the stimulus over and over again, and you're not actually progressively overloading the muscles for that same workout week after week. So in a short answer, three to four weeks-ish. Question number eight, what did you study and where? So I went to the University of Maryland uh, in College Park, Maryland, and I majored in kinesiology and most people are like, what? Kinesa who? Like, what the heck is that? So kinesiology is the study of the human body and movement. So it's sort of like exercise science, um, kind of a little bit of a step above in regards to the specificity of it, meaning that kines specifically is a lot more centered around your body and exercise and motion. Yes, exercise science does the same, but the way my courses were set up were, it was actually really cool. It had a lot more to do with like sports performance and like, yes, I'm learning about like, I had to take history classes for my major, but they were like the history of sports or the history of the human body or like the history of, so it was, it was super cool. I freaking loved, I, I totally nerded out in my major. I absolutely loved it. Um, One of my favorite classes ever, ever, ever was anatomy. Could not get enough of it. I was the, probably one of the hardest classes I've ever taken. Don't get me wrong. I stressed out for months, but undoubtedly one of the coolest freaking classes I've ever gone through. Professors were amazing. Absolutely loved it. So that in addition to I also took a biomechanics class which again super nerdy, but I had a very I had a really really great experience um, educationally at Maryland specifically. It was it was unreal. I actually finished my major, my kinesiology major in 3 years instead of 4. So if that just tells you how much I nerded out, I really really did. I took summer classes, winter classes, the whole nine yards. So I finished up my undergrad at UMD with a Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology uh, in three years, graduated in 2019. All right, next one, number nine, where do you see yourself in five years and 10 years? Oof, okay, I wish I would have thought through this question a little bit prior to jumping on here, but all right, 23 now, so five years. Where am I going to be when I'm 28 years old? Um, these are hard. Oh my goodness. Okay, when I'm 28, I'm thinking I'm probably going to be more settled down than I am right now not kids yet, definitely no kids at 28, but more of like a knowing where I'm going to live, have like my city, my space. I live in Connecticut right now and I 100% do not see myself settling in Connecticut, at least not until I'm like maybe 50 and ready to like really settle. But for the time being, in, in five years, I definitely see myself in my dream city. Do I know where that is? Nope. But I see myself having a location where I'm like, wow, this is this is where I can really this is where I can really grow my my roots and be um, career wise. Definitely, obviously, still in health and fitness. I mean, I would love to see this podcast blow up. I would love to be having such an enormous impact on the lives of so many individuals all over the world. Would be a huge goal of mine. Um, I work with women online now and can definitely see myself continuing to do so for the next five years. I mean. I guess it's, maybe it's bad. I don't know. I can't really put like my finger on it of where I want to be. Same thing goes for 10 years. When I'm 33, oof, I have, (laughs) like, I don't know. I don't, I mean that 23 to 33, I feel like is a very large life gap. Um, as is, I mean, 10 years is 10 years, but I feel like 33 to 43, it's like, you're not really doing much different. I don't know, but like your early twenties to your early thirties, I feel like is going to look a lot different. So by 33, I'm thinking I'm going to be married with kids, probably in a house. And that's really all I got for you guys. I can't tell you where, I can't tell you what I'm doing. I have no idea, but I'm assuming at 33, I will probably have a bit more of a direction. So in 10 years from now, ask me what I'm doing when I'm 43, I probably still won't be able to tell you. But as of right now, that is a tough question that I don't think I can truthfully answer with a lot of knowledge to back it. Um, Next question I'll roll right through is number 10. What are your current fitness slash physique goals for 2022? And what are you doing to hit them? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so current fitness slash physique goals. So right now I am, I'm in a building phase. Currently, my calories are at about maintenance level, meaning I'm not really building building. So currently fitness and physique wise, I'm probably going to be aiming to just put on a little bit more muscle mass through these last few winter months. And then I want to look the best I ever have for the summer. And I've talked about this a little bit with a few friends and family and just people who I trust with their opinion. I think and don't quote me on this, I would love to go through prep and prep for a bikini competition in 2022. And I'm not set on that. That is not like a you know set in stone goal by any means, but I think I've reached a point in my health and fitness career and journey where I feel really confident in my ability to Manipulate the way my body looks. And I know that sounds really weird, but I trust myself and my body and my knowledge enough at this point where I, if I wanted to put on 10 pounds of muscle, which is a lot of muscle, I could do that. If I wanted to lose a ton of body fat and be bikini show ready, I could do that. Like, so I think just having a focus and working with probably a coach who can tell me what the heck to do for all of that, I think would be a really cool thing to aim for in 2022, just to give me a bit more of a push, a bit more of a why, because I don't get me wrong. I love what I'm doing, but just like anybody else, I definitely get bored with the day-to-day going to the gym, kind of that, like, why am I doing this sort of deal? And coming from a background in sports and being competitive as hell my whole life, hell yeah, I want to compete for something. Hell yeah, I want to put all my hard work and efforts up on stage and freaking win. Like, yeah, that would be my goal for 2022. So again, not set in stone for that, but, um, if I don't wind up doing a, show, a bikini show or any kind of show um, then I will most likely just be trying to be the best me that I can be for 2022 and beating the physique that I had last year. All right. Next question is, what is your biggest accomplishment in life? These questions crack me up. It goes from like, what's in your gym bag to like, what's your biggest accomplishment in life? Oof. Okay. At the ripe old age of 23, um, I can name a few things that really stand out to me in regards to my biggest accomplishments. And truthfully, I'm going to be honest, I don't think I've hit my biggest accomplishment yet. I think there is a really bright future ahead for me. And I'm going to continue to push and fight every day, every month, every year until I'm like, yep, I made it. And knowing me guys, I will never hit that point where I sit back and say, yep, I made it. But to date, my biggest accomplishments are probably one, getting a full scholarship to the university of Maryland on their gymnastics team. Um, that moment will forever stand out as like the, the pivotal moment where I'm like, holy shit, I did it. (laughs) You know, that moment I'm talking about in the future that will probably happen. That moment for me, my junior year of high school was exactly that. That holy shit, I really did this. Like I really, I have goosebumps right now talking about it. I feel like such a loser, but I could talk about this for years. I could not tell you guys how proud, how excited, how just completely overwhelmed I was at that moment, just saying yes to the coaches and and joining the team. And just, again, feeling like all my hard work, it it paid off. I made it. So that was huge. That was huge. Um, I guess I could kind of go right alongside with just my accomplishments in life. Just being a member of that team. Yes, obviously signing and going and earning a scholarship for sure. But just my whole time and experience at the university of Maryland as a gymnast was hands down. One of the biggest accomplishments I've ever had. Anyone who has made it to the division one level can absolutely relate that not, not a lot of people make it there. And if you do make it there, not a lot of people stay because it's, it's huge commitment wise. And that making it through that, being as successful as I was, you know, earning awards, watching my team, you know, win meet after meet after meet, that that whole chunk of time in my life was a major accomplishment. Um, next up on my list of major accomplishments is again, sounds super corny, but getting the job that I have right now, being an online health and fitness coach, working with women, working inside of a community that is so incredibly unique and supportive. And I never, ever just feel like it's just me and I'm just going to work for me. Like I'm showing the hell up every day for dozens and dozens and dozens of women all over the world, which, holy crap, if that doesn't just like I don't know. Light your whole face up. I don't know. We're not the same person. But that is definitely a big accomplishment of mine as well. Because for the longest time, graduating college, thinking I was going to be a doctor, thinking I was going to go to medical school, and then wasn't and decided that's not the path for me. uh, Yeah, you bet your ass I was feeling pretty freaking lost and the only thing i kept saying and my mom will attest to this and she laughed at me the entire time was i just want to be a coach i just want to be an online coach i just want to do you know my client check-ins i just want to go work at you know a coffee shop and 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 help people with cuz that was my passion that was exactly what i was passionate about i just had no freaking clue how to actually make money doing that actually make that a career actually make that possible so landing the job that i have now as an online health and fitness coach inside of the higher standard is easily one of the biggest accomplishments in my life as well. And I think it will continue to lead me to more and more accomplishments in the world of health and fitness. Okay, next up we've got, I don't even know what number this is. Um, Okay, suggested workout split for someone who likes to run and strength train. So, First and foremost, unfortunately, whoever asks this question, you're going to have to kind of pick one or the other. And the reason I say that is because they are so. They work against each other 100%. If you are running a ton, you're going to have a much harder time putting on muscle and building strength. If you're building strength and putting on muscle, chances are your running speed and time and endurance is going to suffer a little bit. So in all reality, I I would just, you know, sit down and reflect and decide which one is more important. And if you are looking for a little bit of a balance, it's going to come from a bit of trial and error. So if you really do want to just kind of do both because you like both. That's fantastic. I would recommend strength training at least four times a week. That way you get in two upper body days and two lower body days. And then the running is going to be based on how you're feeling with that. In all reality, I would prioritize the strength training just because of the many additional benefits that that will offer you and eventually then, yes, help you with your just running ability. Um, so I would focus on that first and foremost, so maybe strength training four times a week and then depending on the duration of your run, maybe doing that two times a week paired on your upper body days. Um, again, it's going to be hard to kind of balance the two, but if you start out with four days lifting, two days running, and you're like... I'm good to go. I feel on top of the world. Cool. Stay there. If you're like, no, I'm feeling exhausted, we can drop down to one day of running and and vice versa. So I would start there and then just trial and error, keep tabs on your progress, how you're feeling, and what's most important to you in the long run. Next question. This is, I believe, question 14. Um, It says meal prepping when you're on a tight budget. So Super simple. I think meal prepping has become like this big scary thing that will, like it really doesn't need to be at all. Meal prepping is, guys, is literally as simple as just making sure that there is food in the fridge that makes your nutrition easier. That's it. For me, especially me on a budget, I'm not trying to spend $1,000 meal prepping every week. All I meal prep or all I do to meal prep is I cook two different kinds of protein. I make sure that there are vegetables stocked in the fridge, which is usually bell peppers, mushrooms, spinach. That's pretty much it. And I make sure that I have easy carb sources ready to go. So like rice or instant rice cups or pasta or English muffins. Like that's it. So if you're on a tight budget, I would recommend picking one to two of your favorite protein sources I don't know, chicken and turkey, chicken and shrimp, steak and ground. I don't know, whatever whatever floats your boat. Pick two protein sources. Pick one to two veggies. And you can use the frozen bags of vegetables. There's nothing wrong with that. They're convenient. And I think they're a lot cheaper than fresh produce. And then pick some easy carb sources. I think you can get like a gigando bag of brown rice or any kind of rice for like a few dollars. So that's all you need. And is it the most exciting meal prep in the world? No. Will it get you through the week? Yes. And then if you want to get a little bit creative with things like your breakfast and whatnot, I would also pick up some staples like eggs or egg whites. Um, Like I said, English muffins. Um, Avocado is a good one as well. And then your lunch and dinner can be as simple as a protein, a carb, and a vegetable because that fat will most likely be added in in regards to kind of just what you're eating day to day. Okay, next one, number 15, for beginners, how do you track or how do you pick your supplements? Things like protein, greens, pre-workout. So for beginners, I would recommend no supplements. And I say this because chances are if you are just starting out, you don't need those things. What you need right now to get started is just a well-rounded diet. The more you start to rely on supplements or think that supplements are the answer to your progress, especially as a beginner, the harder time you're going to have sustaining any of your results. So if you're beginning, focus on your nutrition. If you are ready to get into that supplement game, um, my recommendation always is to just be mindful of the brands that you're choosing. There are supplement brands out there that are literally just a load of garbage wrapped up in a nice little container and sold to you for However many dollars it's just it's not worth however much you're spending and chances are it's going to wind up inhibiting your results because it's not going to sit well in your stomach. You're not going to have a good reaction to it. It's just it's we're not going to go there. So me personally how I pick my supplements I go based on a company or a brand that I know and that I trust and the company that I use for literally all of my supplements the only company I've ever used for any of my supplements is first warm. And they are, in my opinion, head and shoulders above any other supplement company in regards to their ingredients, in regards to their manufacturing, their company, their brand, their employees. Like, they literally write you a freaking little handwritten letter in every single shipment that they send you. Like, who does that? That, like, the small things like that. So not only are they, like, a great company people-wise – the quality of their produce, their produce, oh my gee, the quality of their supplements is hands down the best I've ever had. So if you are beginning, I would recommend getting a protein powder to help with your protein target. Um, Greens are not entirely necessary right in the beginning, but I do use their Opti50 greens as well. Um, And then pre-workout, I don't take any pre-workout. The only pre-workout I use is a white monster like energy drink every now and then. Um, I don't like the feeling of pre-workout. I get super shaky, jittery, itchy, all of the above. I never really felt like I needed it. Um, I would rather have my caffeine in like a nice warm cup of coffee or like an iced coffee midday. So pre-workout to me is kind of secondary. Um, But again, they do have good pre-workouts as well. So first form is my go-to. Always, always, always has been, always will be. Um, I do have a link with them for free shipping as well, which I will add into the um, description of this episode. So if you do want to try out some of the products, highly recommend you can use that link for free shipping as well. All right. Next one. How did you get into coaching? Okay. So like I mentioned earlier, started my career, my you know life in the workforce, in the medical field and absolutely hated it. Quit one day, right? Sight unseen. I said, I got to go. Can't be here. Left. And I had no idea what to do, not a single plan, not a single idea of anything. Like I mentioned, I always wanted to do coaching or fitness as a job because I loved it, but I didn't think it was actually a feasible career path. And I thought people would kind of laugh at me a little bit, which they did anyway. So I just started searching up jobs on LinkedIn and like trying to figure out what the heck to do with my life. I was going to plan on still going into the medical field and the manager at the gym that I went to every day looked at me and was like do you want a job here and I was like what he's like do you want a job here you're here all the time I literally see you every day what do you do for a living because you're not working because you're here all the time like do you want to work here and I was kind of like uh okay sure so I got into personal training in person obviously got my certifications and everything like that started in-person training at the edge fitness clubs in Danbury if anybody knows where that is and did that for a few months, didn't love it, didn't hate it, but it got my foot in the door for just fitness in general and training people in general and learning more about all of that. Um, and then COVID happened. So gym shut down and we started working with people online. We just started taking all of the knowledge that I had with like programming and things like that and reaching out to people about, hey, you want me to write you up an at-home workout program? Hey, you want me to do this? Like just helping any way I could because obviously COVID was a really hard time for everyone. Um, so that kind of started my coaching. I wouldn't even call it that. It was an interesting version of coaching. Until I came across, um, Kaylin, Kaylin piles, who is the CEO of the higher standard, my boss, my babe. She, um, posted on Instagram on her Instagram one day that they were looking to hire someone. And I don't know what came over me. I was sitting in the kitchen one day. It was like 9:30 at night. And I was like, fuck it. Full send. I'm going to fill out this application. It was like asking about experience for online coaching. And I'm like, um, none. Like I literally had no official experience online coaching. So, uh, that's what kind of got me in the door. Shout out her. If she's listening to this, she took a chance on me, just thought that I was a good fit and figured I could learn as I went. And that's exactly what I did. So have been absolutely loving it ever since I started officially online coaching, um, in August of 2020. So have been doing that since and would never, ever change it for the life of me. I love it so much. All right, next question is, what's the best way to determine your macro numbers? So this is a question I get a lot and it's super complicated and very individualized. So there is no magic recipe or equation that you can do to find your perfect macro numbers. The best thing I would do for anyone here is start tracking your food. And the reason I say that is because regardless of what some silly macro calculator spits out for you, it's not going to be a good place for you to be eating or trying to eat if you don't know where you're currently at. The only way to know where you're currently at is to be tracking your food. So I would suggest tracking your food on MyFitnessPal for probably three to four days, if not about a week or so, and get a feel for about how many calories you eat on a daily basis and about how many grams of protein you eat on a daily basis. From that point, right, say you're eating 2,000 calories every day and you're like, oh, I really want to lose weight though. I feel like I got to lose weight. Take however much you're normally eating and take off about 200 calories from there. You want to make small adjustments. Take off about 200 calories from there and make sure you're eating at least your body weight in grams of protein. So if you weigh 120 pounds, you're going to have 120 grams of protein. Start there. And then the rest will start to kind of fall into place as you're getting used to tracking more and more. All right. Next one is, are you taking any trips this year? Oh God, I wish I was like booking it off to some exotic island or something. No, I don't have any big major trips planned for this year. I am going to be going to Austin, Texas for the end of March um, to have a little, the higher standard team meetup team trip, which I'm so excited for. We have this crazy incredible airbnb right lakeside like boat and the whole oh it's gonna be incredible So that's in march and then we were also hosting a a second the higher standard live event, uh, in the end of July. So that's in Austin as well. So those are two things already on my calendar. Um, and that is it for like major trips. Nothing crazy. I do definitely want to book something. So if you guys are listening to this and you have any suggestions, by all means, my DMS are always open. Please would love a a suggestion of where to go because I'm definitely in the market for a vacation. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to have a chance to get to all these questions because this is taking a little bit longer and I don't want this episode to be too long. So I'm going to start rapid firing and just making sure I hit on all of the good ones. So next question on my list is, looks like there are several ways to become a certified personal trainer. Which program do you recommend? NASM. NASM is the go-to. It is like the gold standard of personal training certification. That's what I did. That's what I would recommend for anyone getting started. It is lengthy. It is a little expensive. I think it's well worth your time because anywhere you go, if you're NASM certified, it's it's very highly looked on. So definitely start there. Next one. How did you start a podcast? Oh boy. I had a dream in the middle of the night one night and I like woke up out of my sleep and was like, holy shit, I need to start a podcast. And I kid you not, that's exactly what happened. I then Googled the next day how to start a podcast, what kind of microphones, what software do I need? And every resource I came upon was like, it's so simple. Like you don't need much. And they were right. You don't need much. So I actually reached out to a friend of mine, Shane, who does a ton with like audios and camera and photography and video. He's so smart with all this stuff. And he gave me a few pointers as well, but I I bought the microphone and I said, all right, Let's get to chatting. And here we are. So that was literally it. Next question is I have a lower, I have some lower belly fat. Even after gymming five times a week and eating good, nothing helps. 10 out of 10 recommend tracking your food. Tracking your food. If you have excess body fat on your body, even if you think you're eating good, you could be eating too much good. Right. You can you can gain weight off of eating nothing but vegetables and brown rice. Right. Like even if you're eating good, if it's too much good, you can be storing extra body fat, a.k.a. that lower belly. Um, It is the last thing for most women to come off. So if you are struggling with that, stay patient, but definitely recommend starting to track your food to know where you're at for your intake. Next question is, do you want any children? If so, how many can you see yourself having? I do. I definitely do want children. And it's so funny because for the longest time, I was like, I don't want kids. And I I just think the whole process, the whole undergoing pregnancy is very overwhelming for someone who is in their early 20s to think about. But in the reality of it is, yes, I absolutely want children. I think I want two. I would love like a boy and a girl. Boom, bang, done. Two and done. I'm sure my parents said the same thing. What happened? They wound up with triplets, all three in one go. So I want two. Two would be a great number for me, um, but I definitely do want them in the future. All right. Next one says, any tips with tackling adversity? Um, good question. I think practice makes perfect for tackling adversity. As silly as that sounds, you have to practice getting good at overcoming obstacles you have to practice the mindset needed to overcome obstacles you have to like physically make a choice to know and be like wow yeah I'm going through it right now and keep moving forward that is the best way to tackle that adversity because there, it's always going to be there regardless of what it is or what you're dealing with like life doesn't get easier you just get stronger you just get more well-equipped, you just get better at handling your own shit and calling yourself out on your own shit, that that adversity or obstacles, they just keep flying by because you're hurtling over them. So when you're dealing with or tackling adversity, keep going, right? The only way to get through it is to get through it. And slowing down or stopping is never the answer. All right. Next one says, how much running slash cardio can I do without hindering muscle growth? Um, similar to the last question about running or cardio, it's entirely individual. Um, if you are someone who runs right now three times a week and you feel like you're gaining a good amount of muscle, strength is where it needs to be. You're also eating enough to be running and building muscle, cool. Stick with three times. For some people, that number might be one. For some people it might be zero. Like I think the reality of it is, is it depends on a lot how much you're eating. If you're eating enough to be building muscle and more so if your workouts, your lifts, your strength training are adequately difficult to be building muscle because if you're doing like a half-assed workout three times a week and then you're on the Stairmaster six times a week, you're not going to build muscle. And that cardio absolutely is going to be hindering muscle growth. So I, again, like the last question, would focus your efforts primarily on strength training, which in addition will be burning body fat, burning calories, and then see if you need to add in cardio, right? Cardio should be secondary and always do it post-lift as well. All right, kind of going off this one. Best tips for growing muscle for girls. Okay, so first and foremost, growing muscle is not sex-specific, right? Girls can grow muscle just as much as guys can grow muscle, not to the sheer amount, but the process is the exact same for anyone. So in order to grow your muscles, you need to be challenging them. The process of muscle growth, blah, 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 blah getting tongue-tied over here, the process of muscle growth comes from putting your muscles under so much stress that they tear, they rip, they break, quote-unquote, and then you rest. And as you're resting, they repair themselves. But your muscles and your body are really smart, right? It's going to acknowledge, like, hey, how we just were previously was not strong enough to handle the craziness that this girl and the crazy stress that this girl is putting on me. So if we're going to repair. We got to repair a little stronger. We got to repair a little bigger. So we're ready for next time. Okay, cool. Then your muscles repair. You're no longer sore. You get back to your leg day the next week. What's going to happen? You have to put your muscles under even more stress for that muscle to undergo that same process again. Otherwise, it's already well equipped enough to handle the same amount of load you placed on it last week. Why? Because it rebuilt itself that way. So, if you need to, you need to be progressively changing your workouts, adding weight, making things more challenging to grow that muscle. And the other half, the other piece of that puzzle is your nutrition. You need to be eating enough for your body to start that process of repairing and getting bigger and stronger. If you're not eating enough to do that, it's nearly impossible, no matter how much stress you put on your muscles, for them to grow in strength or in size. So it's kind of a two-edged sword where you don't want to be eating too much because that's when a lot of people say they start to get bulky, which I can touch on that in another episode, Um, but enough for your muscles to be growing is kind of where you want to be. All right. So next one says, how do you not feel guilty about having a rest day? Perfect timing for that question. So exactly what I just mentioned with your muscles breaking down, those fibers repairing, having like that whole process cannot, cannot happen if you're not resting. And I remind myself of this every single rest day. Why? Because I do feel guilty about having a rest day. And I've struggled so hard in the past of not resting and not letting my body recover. And what happened? I saw absolutely no progress or results from any of my workouts at all. So if you're not resting, your body is not repairing. If your body's not repairing, it's not changing. So if you want to see a physical change in your body, you have to be working hard enough to have that rest day And not feel a single bit guilty about letting your body just chill out during that time. And what's helped me for this process as well is just giving myself a new focus for leg day or for rest day, right? Instead of thinking about needing to work out and feeling guilty that I'm not in the gym, my focus for that day is making sure I stretch for 30 minutes. My focus for that day is making sure I drink all of my water, get some extra sleep, make sure my nutrition is really good. Like giving myself other to-dos on those days helps me with not feeling super guilty. All right, next one is, would you ever chop your hair like shoulder length? Um... I'm thinking hell no. Right now, guys, for anyone obviously who doesn't know what I look like, my hair when it's straight is like probably close to like touching the tops of like my pants, like lower than my belly button. So it's pretty long. Um, I think chopping it up to shoulder length would be absolutely terrifying. I don't think I could do it. I had it just about that short when I was super young, like fourth or fifth grade. And like, don't get me wrong. It was cute. I just think right now, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I look longer. I mean, I look older with long hair, which I kind of like. But I feel like if I chopped it, I don't know, guys. Open to suggestions, of course. I'm actually getting my hair done in a few weeks, so maybe. But I think that would be a huge commitment on my end that I am straight up not ready for. All right, next question. And actually, the last question is things to know when first starting to take creatine. Okay, so I am no expert on creatine. Why? Because I have never taken it. I've never taken creatine a day in my life. I've never had it at all. And I think it's becoming super popular now. Obviously, creatine has a lot of benefits and you normally consume creatine through your diet. So a creatine supplement is then just adding in additional creatine. So it does help with muscle growth, recovery. It helps with strength and performance. Like there's a lot of added benefits there, but as any supplement, you it- It's not necessary. You don't need it. Um, So again, not an expert on creatine, but I know when you first start taking it, you can do what's called a loading phase with it. I've heard from multiple people not to do the loading phase and you just, you don't need it. And that's usually where a lot of people retain a lot of water and gain some weight. So I don't think it's necessary. Um, But the only other tips that I can give you, again, not from personal experience, is just to stay super freaking consistent with it right? Like you can't miss a day of taking your creatine. It has to gather up and be in your system every single day for it to be effective. So making sure you set a reminder or an alarm or time or something on your phone that reminds you to take it every day. The worst thing that you can do is forget and have to essentially start over. So that that's my only really advice when it comes to creatine again, because I've never had it. And that is a wrap on my first official Q&A episode. So hopefully you guys enjoyed, learned a little bit about either me or health and fitness. Maybe some of those were your questions as well. And hopefully I gave you a good answer. Um, But like I said, my DMs are always open. Um, You guys can shoot me a message on Instagram. It's probably the best place to reach me if any of these were your questions or you have follow-up questions or anything along those lines. So hopefully you guys enjoyed. uh, Hopefully you learned a little bit of something about health and fitness or myself or anything at all. And I will definitely be doing these in the future. So if you do have other additional questions, please let me know. And thank you guys so much for listening.